This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I find it so interesting. Um, Sometimes silence isn't silent. Like, it's... Because right now, we would think it was silent, and my ears are so tune is something my brain is like. And yet, the presence of God has a sound to our heart. A sound to our heart. And I really feel like that will be a lot of what we look at this year is um, what really is His voice saying to our hearts. We talk in um, Christian circles. We've talked about it in So. We talk about it in our church. Many churches speak about intimacy with God and um, personal relationship with Jesus. And we have all we have all kinds, all manner of terms. We um, none of which are wrong. You know, they're not wrong. Um, I just feel like well, it's not even a matter of feeling like. There's a, for me, there's a knowing that God is doing something, an additional something in, in so, in our fellowship, in the church, in the earth. And um, as I'm getting started, I want to clarify one thing. You know, sometimes living with someone who sits in the midst of your teaching <laughs> can be interesting. Um, but anyways, I want to make a clarification of one statement that I made last week, and it kind of goes along with what um, I'm talking about right now. I had made a statement, and Neil felt that it could have flipped some people out. And so um, I never want to flip people out like you think, okay, she's talking trash or crazy or whatever. Because I had spoken about, um, not in length, but I had alluded to the singing of the stars, the melody of the stars. And that's actually a scientifically proven thing. We're not talking about singing like we sing praise and worship songs. But there are sounds from creation, and it's scientifically proven that in outer space, that the celestial, the stars, the um, the thing, other things that are out there, that there is melodic sounds that come from them. And I think if we really begin to yield to life, to real life in God, we could grasp that nothing that he creates is going to be without significance. Not just sitting there looking pretty, but emanating. And so um, where I first heard this was probably at least 20 or 25 years ago. And um, it was in a, a video series done by a man, Dr. Carl Baugh. I don't know if you've heard of him. Kenneth Copeland actually um, had shared that if you wanted to to understand more of um, creation, and you know, there there are some things like Christians scientists have their things they say, and then Christians have the things we say, and we base it on scripture, and basically say the scientists are nuts, and yet the scientists have physical 
proof of things. And so they say the church is nuts and indoctrinated and brainwashed and crazy. And so Carl Baugh is a spirit-filled believer and also a scientist. And so he chose to put together things biblically and scientifically matching. And um, it was fascinating to me. I don't even know if it's still available. But anyways, so... Cool. There's the book. And God is good to me. Trust me. Um, so thank you, babe, for telling me to clarify that because um, now people can. And there there was a video series as well, which was fascinating because, you know, this is the thing. Even right now, as we're entering into this this new year, 2022, not just for so, but for your own self in your walk with Jesus, be teachable. You know, not like I'm, I'm the type of person, I'm not going to throw anything out that I feel God has taught me until he proves otherwise to me. I don't just listen to people from a platform. So I'm not expecting you to take things from me or from faculty. But what I do believe God is doing is he truly is coming to each one of us intimately. He is coming personally. He is coming. He knows each one of our histories. He knows our upbringing. He, he knows our weaknesses, our frailties. He knows the things we believe, the things we don't believe. He knows when we feel indoctrinated. He knows what bugs us. He, he knows everything. And, and he wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be at peace. You do understand that God is not just looking for obedient children. You're going to have obedient children that don't love you. And you can have obedient children that don't love anybody else either. So, you know, as as you listen to some of the things going on, um, just be open. I, I, I hope that clarified if there was anybody here that it flipped you out when I said the stars sang. Um, I didn't mean like, you know, they're singing our worship songs, lyrics and everything. Um, I can't prove they're not, but I wasn't saying that they are. Yeah, there's but this is this is the thing that I think is so key. We have to grasp there's a lot we don't know. And there's a lot we don't know about what we know. And you know some things that you don't yet know you know. Seriously, because you have the spirit of God knit and bound to your spirit. And so God often comes to to guide us, to train us, to take us. You know, we search for the supernatural. Actually, we're searching for the spectacular. We want something that proves that God is God. And God's like, I'm just about life. To him, life is spectacular. To him, us breathing in and out and existing in this material realm is spectacular. So, um, okay, where do I go with all this? So, we're coming to the end of worship tonight. And um, sometimes it's hard to transition because, you know, I'll admit, I'm still in some of the church stuff that feels like, okay, this is the worship portion and this is the other stuff. And I think that's something God is endeavoring to get us out of, too, 
is why do we have to compartmentalize? Why do we have to think something has to end before something else can begin? So I want I want to share something with you because in my own personal life, some of what's happening in my own personal life is some of how God has guided me to what will transpire and so what I believe is supposed to transpire and so this year. So um, his faithfulness. I believe in intimacy with God that some of the situations you may have going on in your life are just platforms where God will prove his faithfulness. And, you know, of course we would all say, well, amen. Amen. Wouldn't we? But will anybody with me admit when you put your head on the pillow at night and you think about some of the things going on in your life, don't you think, seriously, God? Yes. <clears throat> I mean, seriously, God. Not disrespectfully, but just, you know, he won't do anything that we can't handle, but only he can prove to us that we can handle it. So... Um, so I'm, I'm learning, because of some of the things that are going on in my life, I'm learning some really cool things about God helping us as the church to not reevaluate, but kind of. Because his intention for the church, I think sometimes we've got these pictures of what the church and the earth is and what the expectations on his part are of us. And I think it's very different, his viewpoint. Very different. But it kind of takes this um, sitting down and saying, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to learn right now as if I know nothing. Because one of the challenges, at least for me, I can't answer for you, one of the challenges can be, to learning and growing and going further in life and maturing as a human. You see, maturing as a human is actually releasing ourselves to our spirituality. I don't think I want to say that. The other thing that I was going to say. Um, So I'm learning that there's a moment. This, you know, we, we teach faith and we say now faith is. You know that the word now isn't even in the, the ancient language. From Hebrews 11.1, 1, it's, it's not in the ancient language. But when the ancient language says what is translated faith is, is is a present word. So faith, so trusting God, so believing him, letting go to him, is, it's a now thing. And I think so often we get so caught up in, okay, I've learned this and I've learned this and now let me go on to more. And he wants to take us to this place where we're just like children that trust him, that aren't just trying to get these truths learned. I'm not saying don't learn these truths. We need to learn these truths. But salvation doesn't come because we learn the truths. So I want to tell you a picture I got one morning recently. And there are, there are pictures, there are um, 
I'm sure inclinations, imaginations that you're getting, things that the Word does in you, things that the Spirit does in you. And I think often we can schluff them off or we can push them aside when actually they are happenings inside of us because of the living Word of God, the seed of God. You know, this year it's Jesus, the living Word. So there are things that take place inside of us because of Jesus, the living Word. There are things that take place inside of us that would be motivating factors. They would be um, things that would provoke us, that would incite us. And so I'm practicing, just in my personal life, I'm practicing um, taking the pictures further than I've ever taken them before. Anybody scared that I'm doing that? Okay. Um, So I want to share one with you because this has impacted me um, really dramatically. It came back into worship tonight, and, and that's the other thing. I think when things come back to our memory... You know, sometimes we say, well, don't distract. I don't want to get distracted in worship. So thoughts come, and we're like, no, no, stay focused on Jesus. Well, what if that's Jesus bringing that thought back? Well, I don't want to think that right now. Because what if it's something that's difficult? So anyway, so I'm alone at home and this one particular morning, and um, I was praying. My youngest grandson, Mason, um, he has, you know, some things going on in his little life and um, has a physical need. And so I was, I was just praying for him, praying in the Spirit, praying a couple of, you know, the things we know to pray and chapters and verses to go along with him to back it up because God doesn't need us to say the chapters and verses so that we know, so that he knows we're praying the truth. <laughs> Right? It, it just makes me feel more comfortable that, okay, this is scriptural. Okay, are you guys with me? Because I'm just, t- I'm being honest with you because I think it's time for us to get out of being worried about being scriptural and realize that we're spirit beings. And if you're born again, Jesus is bound to you and you are born again, one with him. And so there's some stuff that can take place that sometimes I think we quench it. So anyways, uh, I have this going on, and then I I see the name of Jesus. I mean, it was like printed huge. And so I'm like, I'm putting Mason's name under that, under Jesus' name. So with my imagination, almost like I had a mouse, I just put Mason's name right under this huge Jesus' name. And my eyes are closed, and I'm watching the name of Jesus melt like wax. It melted. These huge letters melted and just coated Mason's name. Jesus, the living word. Comes with live video. He comes to tell us the truth. He comes to put our mind at ease. He comes intimately to overwhelm all our fears, to overwhelm. You know, I was thinking today about um, about tonight, and I think I'm not stressing, but overthinking, not thinking it. <laughs> Ever been there? Yeah. I'm like determined 
to not put this year in a box for any of us. And so I was thinking about things that I've learned about the anointing, and I thought about the word unction. Years ago in charismatic circles, unction was a big old word. Talked about the unction of the Holy Ghost and um, anointing and unction are even, I mean, the Catholic Church does um, not events, what are like rituals and different things about anointing people for healing and, and different things. And they, um, one of the things that I read about the unction was um, that, that it's a, a, a ritual that they do. And so I was just thinking about the anointing because the scripture tells us that the anointing destroys yokes and bondages, destroys them. Then just break, it destroys them, it annihilates. And so if there's anything for us, the church, that needs overwhelming destruction is apathy, casualness, um, maybe insecurities, fear of man, uh, second-guessing ourselves of is it scriptural, is it not? And so we get an unction, we get the anointing of the Holy Spirit rises up to excite us, to excite us. Say it's not a sin to be excited. It's not a sin to be outside where everybody else in the congregation is in a moment. Because it just could be the Holy Spirit waking the congregation up. I'm just saying. So I was thinking about all this, and I was thinking how, you know, at a New Year's party, people are not embarrassed to shout and scream and Happy New Year and hug and kiss everybody and have a party and go berserk. People are not afraid at a sports event, whether it's little kids' sporting events or, you know, the in a stadium. People are not afraid to scream and holler, to take banners, flags, swing them, do these banners and flags and all this stuff. But you come to church... Let's be respectful. Not a judgment, just an observation, because I'm looking at all this and I'm saying, you are faithful, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, the anointing is present in our lives. Is it possible that even in so, even in living faith, in spirit-filled places, we're holding down the excitement that is actually the inciting of the living God himself by the power of his Holy Spirit? I think a lot happens in here. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, what about more? What about outside of here? What about the excitement, the thrill of our salvation? And then we come to a place and get an unction to speak to somebody, and I'm thinking, they're not going to understand this. But yet desperation in human lives is screaming for what the Holy Spirit does in us. So one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is that in our personal intimacy with God, if we're not letting go, and, and even like when we come together and gather I want to encourage you, like, even when we pray here at the front, do you understand that worship could start there? We're we're all together, almost shoulder to shoulder. A song could rise up. A, 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 A spurt of energy. And I know that nine out of ten of us would hesitate right there, like, but Kathy's praying right now. 
Deja hasn't gotten on the keys yet. But you see, we always have these guidelines that we've made for what's appropriate. Jesus is waking up the church. He's taken, he's taken the roof off, as the guy's podcast says. No roof. Jesus is like, I don't want a roof. I don't want roofs on anything. Because it's not even that you can say, with the supernatural, the sky's the limit. There is no limit. There's no limit. There's no limit. And I think sometimes we're afraid, well, what if, I've gone, what if I go too far? Well, Jesus won't fall off the throne. That's what our spiritual dad always said. Jesus will not fall off the throne. I mean, don't we go too far sometimes just in life because we're practicing something? I was pondering the scripture that there's coming a time in John where there's coming a time where those that spirit me, worship me must worship in spirit and truth. And that He's saying, he said, they're not going to worship me on this mountain. Nobody's going to worship on this mountain because it's not going to be about a place anymore. It's not going to be about a place. Worship, adoration, complete yieldedness to God isn't going to be about a place. It's our heart attitude. I believe there's something happening in so. I believe in the whole house. I'm not, but I, right now I'm just answering because tonight I'm literally, it's, I'm thinking, okay, to the podium. My, this is just something that through the years like has happened with me since I got baptized in the spirit. And my ears were burning. I don't know if they were red. They're still kind of hot. My ears were burning like someone was putting a lighter to my ears. Just, just burning. And I've learned to just be, be quiet right then. That, that's a miracle, I just want you to know. That's a miracle. Especially if I know what he's wanting to say. Because I'm thinking, well, maybe you don't want me to say that. Because I'm prepared. I, I'm prepared in here. That what, what does he want to do with all of us? What is he inciting you to do? What has he filled you with? Are you conservative? You know, I think we've prided ourselves, the church, politically calls themselves conservatives. And I think it's, it stinks to call ourselves conservative. I'm not talking about morally or scripturally being conservative for the truth. I'm talking about being bound by propriety, bound by the very doctrines that we're supposed to speak to our heart and set us free. So here, tonight, I just, I'm kind of just throwing things out there for y'all because I believe this whole year is about personal communication with God. Personal communication with God. I have ways that I know He communicates with me, like the burning ears. I've had that since about six months after I got baptized in the Spirit. Sometimes I know what it means. Of late, I've not. Because I'm, I'm prepared that I'm not putting his stuff in a box of, okay, I got that down. This is how he talks to me about this. This is how he talks to me about that. But I believe in this personal communication aspect, there has to be, there has to be, 
There has to be encounter with Jesus. Now, if you think you're not having an encounter with Jesus, please don't think condemnation right now. Don't think you're missing something. Because here's the bottom line. He's encountering you. He, he, he's, he's always encountering humans. <laughs> if you're having thoughts right now, well, I don't know how he does it. That's okay. That's okay that you don't know that right now. But I think this is a time in the earth and in the church when we need to be prepared for him to communicate to us when he is and what it is that's happening. Because I think sometimes you can think that I had somebody one time that told me, I, there's a funny thing my heart's doing. Not like their spirit heart, their heart heart, their heartbeat. My heartbeat changes sometimes. And I'm like, well, like when? And they began to talk to me. And it was always like when they were fellowshipping with Jesus in the Word. I'm like, well, it makes sense to me. I mean, if, if you have a love, if you have a mate, and you're with them, your heartbeat can change. Come on, guys, we're going to like take this religious stuff and throw it to the curb because there is interaction that God is having with humans and the church, much of the church will teach that that's not God because God moves like this. You will I was raised in a denomination that said, this is not the time for you to feel God. This is by faith and you will have a beautiful life with Jesus when you go to heaven. And then when I came here, Every scripture I've learned here for 31 years contradicts that absolutely completely. Are you all with me? Okay, so we must have encounter with Jesus. Um, Back to the terms. We have terms like being born again, prayer, worship. This is really super. Do you realize I'm reading this? I don't have my glasses on. Like, my eyes are sharp, man. I know, right? It's kind of crazy. But anyways, I'm whatever, Jesus. Do it. So born again, prayer, worship, praise. And we do get these, we get these terms from Scripture. But I want to encourage you, ponder the terms with Jesus and let him not embellish, what would it, expound on these terms. Because I don't know about you, but I was raised in a denomination. Always remember the day you got born again. Well, now I realize God comes to get things born again in me. I'm not saying I'm not born again. But again and again and again, things born of heaven come to change my mind. And when my spirit fellowships with him, there are thought processes that get born new. Because I see his perspective. So it's almost like he's taking my life and and shifting it to the angles where I can see what he's doing. Are you all with me? This is important stuff because even like prayer. Now this is prayer time. And this is how we pray. I have this word and um, well some of us that love prayer and worship, we call it prayship. Because like when you're praying, how do you not worship? And when you're worshiping, how do you not pray? I mean, at least the, the way we define these terms. How do you not? Like, I can be at home praying, praying in the shower, and the next thing I know, I'm singing the prayer. 
I'm like singing a song or I'm, I think of one of the worship songs we use and I'm like, no, no, this is what needs to be prayed over this situation. Are you guys with me? Because I, I think there is a liberty coming. There's a liberty. I can feel it right now. Like there's a jolt happening in me. There's a springing up happening in me. Because if you, if you hold yourself down, if you hold your excitement down, if you hold the anointing down, because if you hold down your excitement, you're holding down the anointing. Human excitement can be used wrong, but human excitement is a product from God, not the devil. And it's time for the church to wake up and know that you can actually have fun in life and still be Christian. The Bible doesn't say, don't do anything fun, because if you have fun, you're wrong. It just says, if your heart condemns you not. And Paul said, don't freak on this one. This was the man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, nothing is unlawful for me. However, not all things are profitable. But we love to look at other people that do things that we don't and say, you know, if they were Christian, they wouldn't do that. And the Bible also says, judge not. But we do it. How brazen are we? I encourage you, man, have some encounters with Jesus. Do you know, do I even say that? When I, when I like let myself go with Jesus and really, and this is one thing that I learned from my spiritual father way back when I first got baptized in the spirit. If what is, what you're feeling is being communicated to you is pointing you closer to God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, devil won't do that. So, because I was having encounters, you know, and I was thinking like, this isn't kosher, (laughs) like, this should only happen in heaven. Mm-hmm. On earth as it is in heaven, right? So, because Jesus told him that's how to pray. Like, his will should manifest here, not just in heaven. So anyways, what was I starting to tell you guys? That's okay. It's not your fault. Yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. It wasn't a lie, I promise. We'll keep going. Um, So without actually, without actually, you see, you can encounter Scripture, you can learn Scripture, and never encounter Jesus. He may be coming to encounter you, but if you hold yourself down, if you... Say, well, I, this is, this is what, you know, we have these things. This is the way we go to church, go to church, go to church. This is the way we follow the Lord, follow the Lord, follow the Lord. This is the way we pray in tongues, pray in tongues. And all, and we have all our little doctrines and all our little things. And these are our Christian behaviors. And God's like, I just want you to be a human. Could you just be a human? So he takes up residence as a human. Jesus. And Jesus has a body and says, you're my body. I'm his body. You're my body. And this is how, this is how you do church. And he goes out in the field and he's got people telling him, well, your disciples are just not holy because they don't wash their hands when they, and he's like, well, it isn't really about your hands. It's vile things come out of you. It's not really about. Jesus was encountering God in the same truths that the Jews were encountering the law. I'm just throwing some things out here because I really want to encourage you all. Let Jesus encounter you and you encounter him. 
So I'm having encounters, you know, alone with God, and I'm thinking, this can't be right, but it would always point me to Jesus. And so some more of those kind of things are happening now. And so I know that much of what we've walked in may be binding our feet to the ground so that we can't go further in the release. Because if what he's doing in you makes you feel to... I mean, sometimes we think, I don't want to read the Bible right now. I'm going to go watch a movie. That is not a sin. Do you understand that's not a sin? I've watched movies with my grandkids, had a blast. That's spiritual. Fellowshipping with family is part of the privilege of encountering God that he says, propagate and enjoy him. Are y'all with me? Because I, I don't even like, some of this I'm like, okay, Jesus. There, us faculty in here, we have been teaching certain things for decades. And now Jesus is like, I kind of want you to unteach it. But not literally. Not unteach the principle. But take it out of where, how we taught it. And you find out from God. Because Jesus grew up in a home where the scrolls were read. But then when he came to maturity, he got with God to find out what it actually meant and how it was actually to guide his life. Are you with me? So let's look just quickly before I close tonight at excitement. So excitement is provocation. It's being incited. It's being incited. Get this picture. We are like God's laboratory. (laughs) Don't freak out. We're like God's laboratory. And because we walk in this realm, and we're spirit beings, so we're part of the unseen realm. So we're his laboratory. He's like this mad scientist, and he says, I'm going to take the two realms, and I'm going to mix them together. I'm going to take both realms. You can legally live in both realms. You have license to live in both realms. In fact, you're anointed to live in both realms. You're anointed to stand in authority in the spirit world. Jesus said before he left, all authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me. And he basically, if you get a picture, he points at them and says, now you go. Because we're linked. So I have all authority. He stood in heaven and on earth as the greatest scientific proof ever that God intended to be seen. You may think that sounds really creepy, the greatest scientific proof. He was fully man and fully God. He was conceived in a womb. 
by supernatural impregnation. Supernatural. His blood was not the blood of an earthly father. There's nurses here. Blood comes from the sperm, right? Divine sperm. The seed of the word of God. He says, my word never returns void. I personally don't believe that Mary fell pregnant instantly. I believe that she received the word, she received the seed. And she said to the angel, let it be done to me, according to his word. And I'll just bet you, that's, that, those, those kind of things are the things I sit with God and I ponder and I'm like, only you can cause me to realize the magnitude of this supernatural event. She pondered that word. She was a worshiper. Mary was a worshiper. She praised and worshiped God with every aspect of her life. She sang praises to him. She loved God. And she has an encounter with Jesus, the word. You understand he's the word. Before he came into a physical body, he's the word of God. So, and she pondered that word. And fell pregnant. I don't know the exact time. Scripture doesn't, even from ancient languages, anybody I've talked to, it doesn't seem to tell us exactly. But she fell pregnant. What are you pregnant with? What do you need to ponder further? What inciting is the Holy Spirit doing in you? What passions do you have for certain things on this earth that may not look at all like church work? Thank you, Jesus. Because hospitals need pastors. Executives are pastors of corporations. Jesus never said, when he spoke of the ascension gifts in Ephesians, he never said they had to transpire in a church sanctuary. He called some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And he said, all authority is mine. Now y'all go shepherd the planet. But we have to have our hearts and our minds shepherded by him so that we don't quench, allow our own propriety of religion or our own thoughts of what we think we can handle or what we can do or... He's faithful. He wants to melt all over us and surround us like that picture I saw from my little mason. He covered him. So there's certain things we're believing for. It's just a matter of time. Jesus himself has surrounded that. What is he surrounding in you? What is he calling you further into? What is he saying to you? Don't call yourself conservative. Call yourself aggressive and call yourself progressive. The world or the church, the church world, is so afraid of being called progressive. That's so scary to me. I understand that there are terms with progressiveness that that 
you know, bring in perhaps things that are immoral or whatever, please don't fret about that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Please don't be religiously conservative and say, I, I just can't move that way. It, let him redefine for you the magnitude of the supernatural seed. I encourage you when you come in here, it's 901, forgive me, I'll be done in a minute. When you come in here on Wednesday nights, let yourself go. Let yourself see him, feel him. Let yourself express yourself to worship him. If you feel to kneel or bow or dance or jump or shout or sing in tongues louder than feels comfortable, please let go. The anointing of God is flowing like rushing water into the earth right now. It was before the pandemic, but the pandemic became an even stronger pull for the Lord Jesus Christ to express himself with utter freedom. Father, we choose to abandon ourselves to you. We choose to be overwhelmed by excitement, anointing from you. Father, I pray for myself. I I purpose to let go. I purpose to not wear bindings of my call or I just want to be a child of yours, free. And I pray that for my brothers and sisters here tonight. That each one of us would just let go and experience the full salvation. The full salvation. So that others would see. We honor you, Father God, and I thank you for what you're doing, what you're doing right now. And so, thank you, Father, that you're, you're just adjusting and and taking the bars out and and just releasing us and I pray for anyone who may be grappling with anything that I'm bringing this year or that any of the faculty bring I just pray and I thank you that only you can comfort hearts Holy Spirit only you can reassure that we will stay close to scripture but scripture that's being translated for us not by commentaries but by the living spirit of Jesus Christ And so we honor you, Father God. And I just pray over each person here and their families. And um, I pray healing and wholeness and provision. I just honor you, Father God, for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your week.